0: Guys, we must not lose this. Okay? I don't want to hear. For the... actually, it's a trophy that goes to the men or the women that we're gonna start. We're gonna make a trophy, and each year the winning team will go on the trophy like the Stanley Cup. All right? Um, which is a manly sport, of hockey. So make sure, make sure, unless you are dead or out of town, that you are there. All right? Because I will hunt you down if you're not. Be there. Even if you bring jerky from UDF, I don't care, as long as you're there, all right? Invite your friends, you know, from work, you know, the guys, it doesn't matter. Invite them all, because we must. And here's the thing. They go first. It's like an overtime game in football. We know what we have to do if they go first. The only thing is, they said that they're all going to be silent. They're not going to, no, no woman there is going to tell how many people were there, or they're going to try to trick us, but someone will break, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this is what happens at the, at the uh, ornament exchange rudeness and all oh, people yelling things at each other oh hey a couple of please make sure you read your family news bulletin as well um, the men's jerky exchange is in there clearly you know the date and everything um, so make sure you read that. There's a, a decorating uh, party that we're going to have. Decorate the church. Decorate. We have these beautiful trees outside. We're going to decorate those. Uh, the, um, the Christmas program is December the 8th, I believe. That's the right date, December the 8th. And there's a whole bunch of things going on. We want to make sure that you get connected. You feel like you're a part of the church. And this, this time of year is a great time to invite people, all right, invite people to the church. So make sure you're thinking through, who can I invite to, actually next week, who can I invite next week to, uh, to what's going on here at Grace Chapel? And again, make sure you invite your friends to the Jerky Exchange. All right, um, we've been in a series called Remnant, even if you're the last voice. This morning, I need some group participation. So I'm going to ask you, how big is your Brave and I want you to rep- want you to say it back, it's big, okay? It's big. So I say, how big is your brave? And you say, okay. Now remember, write that down. It's big. In first service, people forgot what to say, and so two or three people were saying it, and then they got the hang of it. But how big is your brave? Okay, that's, that's, the, that's what's going to happen, so I need your participation. We're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. In, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, they came to me, but I did not know where they had come from at dusk when it was time to close the city gate. They left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. Maybe you can catch up with them. But she had taken them to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set set out in pursuit pursuit of the spies on the road which leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut before the spies lay down for the night. She went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard about the Lord, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, and when you came out of Egypt, and what he did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you for the lord your god is god of heaven above and of earth below now then please swear to me on the lord that you will show kindness to my family because i have shown kindness to you give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death my friends our lives are filled with choices They're filled with choices to believe or not to believe, to do what's right or to do what's wrong, to obey God or to obey man, to obey the the world around us. Rahab was brave in a time of great fear. She chose to believe in a land of unbelief. She chose to do what was right while she was surrounded by people who were doing what was wrong. She chose to obey God rather than obey the king. She chose to believe. Rahab was a woman of faith. She heard about this God who was powerful. And she responded when she heard the the, the stories and she heard all the people talking about this incredible God who'd done these amazing things. She, she responded to that. Her conversion took place before the spies even entered the house. She believed before she even met them. And her bravery, as we talk about this, this morning, her bravery sprung from her faith, from her belief. That's key. That is key to the entire sermon. That her, that her bravery sprung from her faith, sprung from her belief in God. One of the first lessons that we can learn as we read through this story is that when we're brave in the in the in the the face of opposition, when we're brave in the face of opposition and pressure, amazing things happen. When you can be brave, when you stand up against the forces that are pressing against you and you have faith and you're strong and you believe amazing things happen in this case, in her case. A prostitute, a sinful prostitute, is one of the five women listed in Jesus' genealogy. The first time I read that, I thought it was awesome. Okay? She's a prostitute. She's a sinful prostitute. The kind of stuff that went on in her culture was unbelievable. She was a prostitute basically because of the gods that they worshipped. And they had different prostitutes. One of the ways they worshipped their gods. And so that's what she was involved in. And so the sinful prostitute is one of the five women... In the, in, the, in the list of Jesus' genealogy, in Matthew chapter 1, it talks about Jesus' genealogy. You know, the father and came down and he all, it runs all the way through Dave and everything. And in that, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, it says this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So I I just find that to be absolutely fascinating. When we step out in faith, we have no idea how God is going to use us. The kinds of things, you know, sometimes we think if I don't write a book or if I don't get on television or if I'm not famous in some way or if I'm not on top of this or I'm not well known or I'm not whatever, if I'm not a star in some way, then my life hasn't amounted to anything. And that's so untrue from a biblical perspective. One of you could go and you can invest in the lives of some children in our children's ministry. And you can invest in their lives and you could lead one to Christ or maybe a couple to Christ and you invest in them and you help them to grow in their faith. And they could grow up and be monsters, monsters for Jesus Christ. Because of your investment, because of the time that you put into their lives. So, so she ends, she, she's a prostitute who ends up having this intense belief for God and becomes uh, a person who's in the line of Jesus. Her act of bravery makes this even more incredible when we realize that she was a part of, of, of Jesus entering the world. It's so cool. This story just takes on a whole new life, all-new breath when you think about it that way. Rahab teaches us, it te- she, she teaches us that our lives will be as dynamic as our faith. You say to yourself, well, you know, uh, you know my faith, you know, I, my Christianity for me is kind of boring, and you know, I, I, I go to church sometimes, but I don't see the dynamic, exciting things that you're talking about. That's because of your belief. Your Christian life will be as dynamic as your faith. You step out in faith. You, you overcome. You, you take chances. You take risks. And that will, you will see a dynamic work of God in your life. He will work in you. He will do things you never even imagine if you will step out in faith. How big is your brave? Not that big, huh? If you allow God to work in you, He will change your heart and help you become the person that he's created you to be. Please don't sit here this morning. Anyone. Okay? please don't sit in this morning. And and after you've heard this story, after I read you this story, tell me that Give me any reason why you can't do what God has created you to do. Look at her life. She stepped out. Look at her life, though, beforehand. God can use you. I don't care about your past. I don't care what's gone on in the past. I don't care what I don't care what your reputation was before. What matters is right now. What are you doing for Christ right now? How are you living for Jesus Christ right now? He can use you. He can use you in a powerful way. Now you may be thinking, well, you don't you don't understand the pressure that I'm under at work or at school. You don't you don't get the the intensity. I know how scary it is to step out in faith, to be bold. To to take a stand. But listen, if if you could just have the courage to be a lion for a day, it could keep you from being a lamb for a lifetime. If you would just have the courage in that situation where you're feeling that pressure and it's all around you and people are asking you to do things maybe you don't want to do or they're they're asking you to say something that you don't want to say either at work or at school. They're asking you to go along with something you don't want to go along with and you're standing there and what do you do? And what I'm encouraging you to do is be a lion even for that moment and that could keep you from being a lamb for a lifetime because they'll know where you stand. You will stand for truth. You will be brave. You will be brave in that situation. And people will recognize that. And most most of the time, they won't ask you again. Once you stand up for yourself in a difficult situation, they won't ask you again. God wants us to be brave, He wants us to step out. Rahab was in a city filled with tension, filled with tension. Everyone looking over their shoulders because there was this powerful army getting ready to attack. And Rahab was in this environment. Jericho was filled. Think about this. Jericho was filled with stories of how this God, this powerful God, interacted and and did miraculous things for his people. Dried up the sea. I mean, all the things that they must have heard and and the, the talk that was going on. And here is this army right outside the gates. And that's the environment in which Rahab was living. Rahab knew the overwhelming fear the entire city felt. But she also understood that you can't allow your actions to be influenced by your fears. You cannot allow allow your actions, your life to be influenced, to be determined by your fears. She understood that. It's something we can learn from her actions, something we can learn from her life. In Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says this. I know that the Lord has given you, given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Listen to the wording here. This is the environment she's in, okay? We have heard of how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God of heaven above and of the earth below. Everyone else heard these stories. It wasn't just Rahab. Everyone else knew what God had done. Everyone else in that city, they're all talking about it, okay? It's not that they're talking about anything else. There's an army outside your gates. You know what they've done. You know what they were capable of doing. There's an army there. No one's talking about anyone else, Everything, anything else. And everyone had the opportunity to be brave and stand for truth. But it was only Rahab. It was only Rahab who was bold in her confession of faith. She was a remnant. She stood alone. She stood strong. She's a great example for every single one of us to follow because we all find ourselves in these situations sometimes where we have to stand alone. We're the the only one who who believes, only one who is going to step out in faith. Everyone else around us is telling us to go in this direction, to move in that direction, to do this or say that or conform in some way to what they're doing. And Rahab said no and she stood alone. Was she afraid? Of course she was afraid. But I think, I think she realized that sometimes, and what many of you have realized as well, sometimes you need to be strong when you're weak. Sometimes you need to be brave when you're scared. Each one of us at different points in our lives, if you're old enough, realize that. That sometimes when you're at your weakest, you need to be strong. You need to stand up. Sometimes when you are when when you're just feeling that intense fear or you're just overwhelmed, that's when you need to be at your bravest. She realized that faith isn't truly faith until it's all you're holding on to. That's what she had. I mean, she she knew the stories of this powerful God. She had heard about God. No one had sat down with her, though, who, who really truly knew God and explained everything to her. But she had faith. And my friends, faith isn't truly faith until it's all you're holding on to. How big is your brave? Well, everyone else was trying to figure out how they were going to overcome this powerful army and how they were going to defy God. Rahab was basically thinking this. She was thinking about the Lord. She was thinking about her, the, the belief that the Israelites had in, in their God and that she, she as well had that belief. She believed. She believed that God is, is who He said He was. It wasn't just the God of Israel anymore. It was her God as well. Rahab understood, truly understood that God, the God of the Israelites, the God that the Israelites worship, was not some not some uh, j- just you know common deity, some local deity like the people that that she was around worshiped. They worshiped these local deities. It wasn't some local deity. It was, it was a power of this. This was the powerful God. The God of heaven, she said, and earth. And she believed. And she hung on to that belief. This God that she was worshipping was limitless. This God was all-powerful. And so with the, the fear of God in her heart, Rahab did what she needed to do to protect herself and her family from what was coming. And when it was reported that the spies had entered into the city, she took them into her house and she hid them on the roof. Now we know just by what we read that someone must have seen them go into her house. Because then you have the king demanding that Rahab send out the spies. He demands that she does this now now, my friends, now there 's another problem. Here is this person, here is this woman, young in her faith, and her faith is now being tested. How often in your life has your faith been truly tested? How often has your, has your faith been tested, where you had to you had to stand up? And stand for Christ, whether it's in your classroom, or whether it's at work, or where, where in your neighborhood, in a, in a board meeting, or whatever. Even in church, how, when, when have you had to stand up for your faith? How often have you had to do what Rahab had to do? Your faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, you have to ask yourself, how big is your brave? That's what needs to happen. We need to have a... Our, our brave needs to be big. It needs to be powerful. We need to stand for God in those situations. How often do you find yourself being asked to do something by the people around you that goes against the Word of God? It may be friends. It may be family. It may be your boss. It, it, it may be there, maybe your coach on that team. Maybe even the government. But we're asked to do things that go against the word of God. Rahab chooses to send those people in the opposite direction. She chooses to send them off the wrong way. He says, send them out. She says, well, they're not here. They went down the road and blah, blah, blah. Maybe you can can catch up to them. Verses 4 and 5, it tells us this. But that woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. Maybe you can catch up with them. Um, it was it was, it was c- c- sort of kind of true, more like a half-truth. You know, I, I tried the best I could, but she lied. I mean, that's all. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of reading through this. I'm thinking, uh, how do I – because I know – I mean, if, if I was in my house and someone broke in the house and said, where are your grandkids? Where your children? Where is your wife and everything? And they had a gun and everything. I'd say, well, gee, they're not here. They're hiding in the closet. So I understand, from a human standpoint, I understand it. And I can come up with all kinds of conjured ways. But the reality is she lied. Lying breaks the ninth commandment and is never condoned by God. doesn't matter who's doing the lying, lying or what the circumstances are. There's no such thing as a righteous lie. But I think Rahab, I really think this, acted with integrity based on the understanding of God that she had at the time. I believe that she really acted from what she knew, what she understood. you got to understand this. The culture in which she lived, where she's a prostitute, where the gods they worship, they worship through that kind of behavior. Okay? So I think she had integrity based upon the knowledge that she had of God at the time. Did she lie? Yes. But she didn't know the Ten Commandments. She didn't know the law. She didn't understand what was really happening here. Remember we talked last week about Tola and Jer, and I said they were good, but they weren't perfect, but God used them to do great things anyway because they had faith. In their imperfection, they had faith. The Bible never praises her for the lie. The Bible praises her for her faith. The Bible praises her for what she did. It was for her faith because she trusted in God. And because she trusted in God, Rahab and her family were left standing. They survived when the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. They were all pretty much that was left of Jericho. She became a member of the children of Israel. She married Salmon and gave birth to Boaz. And again, he got the whole line all the way down. So she stood and because of her faith, God blessed her faith. See, it was bravery. It was bravery in the face of fear that saved her from being destroyed like the rest of her neighbors. She was brave in the face of overwhelming fear. Again, you have to understand, Rahab didn't know what was going to happen. The king says, Send them out. If you don't send them out and you're caught not sending them out, what happens to you? You're dead. Sometimes we think, well, she had some special revelation and she knew what was going to happen and she was going to be in the lineage of Jesus. She knew. She didn't know any of that. That's why it's called incredible faith. That's why she had faith. That's why the Bible holds her up as an example of a person of faith. Once again, Rahab's bravery came from her faith. In the New Testament, we read it in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 and 31. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around it for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Faith. See, before we can truly know how how big our brave is, we need to know, we need to ask ourselves how big our God is. That's what it boils down to. Before we can truly understand and make make the boldness of how big our brave is, we need to ask, each one of us individually, need to ask ourselves the question, how big is my God? God wants us to be brave like Rahab. He wants us to step out in faith like her. He wants us to impact our world. That's what God wants for every single one of us. You didn't evolve. He created you. He created you for a specific purpose, for a specific reason, at a specific time. For a time such as this. He's given you gifts, talents, and abilities, and expects you to use those gifts, talents, and abilities to impact the world around you. That is why you were created. He wants you to be brave like Rahab. See, Rahab, Rahab could, have, could have believed the world. Rahab could have truly listened to the world and believed that she was trash. That she was never going to amount to anything. That her past was also her future that through all the overcoming all that pain and all that all the mistakes that she made all those things that, that 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 wasn't going to count that wasn't going to matter that was going to be her destiny what was in the past is now going to be her destiny She could have believed that like so many other people do in this world, that I'm trash, that I'm worthless, that I'm never going to amount to anything, that all the pain and all the suffering and all the misery that I have gone through in my life will dominate my destiny. My friends, God has another plan and God had another plan for Rahab's life. God wants to see you be brave. He wants to see you be brave. He wants you to stop, listen, He wants you to stop wasting your gifts. He wants you to stop burying your talents. He wants you to stop hoarding your wealth. He wants you to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and let that spark that started in your heart become a raging fire. There are people in this room have been coming week after week and and God is starting to light that spark. He's lighting that spark and what God is saying is He wants that spark to become a flame. He wants you to be set on fire for him. Students, stop making excuses for why you will not, you won't or can't enter into the battle. Stop acting like children. Stop rebelling without reason. And rebel, if you're going to rebel, rebel against what's holding you back from becoming the real you. Stop rebelling against things that have no purpose, that have no reason. If you're going to rebel against something, pick a fight with the world that is telling you who you are and who you should be and keeping you from becoming the real you. Like Rahab, you are capable of so much more than following every other person who just acts a certain way because they're a certain age i turn 13 and i'm going to be obnoxious and i'm going to rebel and i'm going to do all these things chapter and verse someone help me chapter and verse where it says you turn 13 or 14 years old and you go through from from 13 to 21 or whatever it is, kind of doing your thing and not having to worry about God too much and not stepping out in faith, not being brave and not being fearless and not taking on the world, not taking responsibility for the people around you and not leading your friends to Christ, not worrying about kids who are starving to death and not worrying about orphans. Show me. Show me where you get the break. There is none. There is no place where you get a break. So stop rebelling against things that have no purpose and no reason and start rebelling against that which is causing all the pain and suffering in your life. Stand up. And be brave. Stand up and be brave like Rahab. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Rahab rebelled. She rebelled. She refused to obey the king. And in the face of death, she followed her God. That is rebellion. That's the kind of rebellion not just the students, but all of us have to have. We waste our time. We're like fighting, fighting for, for things for, for no reason. Rahab had a reason. She rebelled. She told the king basically, no, I'm not going to do that. And in the face of death, she chose to follow her God. She realized, she, she truly realized that there are, there are worse things in this life than death. And that is living out the, existing, the existence that she was living. Living out the life that she was living. You're capable, I'm talking to you. You are capable of so much more. You are capable of so much more. You're capable of doing so much more for God than the world gives you credit for. You're capable of so much more than your parents or someone, your teachers or whoever it was who, who put that, who sowed that seed in you of discouragement and depression and worthlessness and whatever it may be. You're so, you are so much more valuable. You are capable of doing so much more. Stop listening to the voices of the past and let your voice be heard the voice that God created you with. Stop listening to the voices of the past. It's lies from the pit of hell. I don't know how else to put it. It doesn't matter what they said about you. It doesn't matter what they think about you. The only thing that matters is what God says about you, how God has created you, and what God expects you to do. Stop listening to the voices of the past and let your voice be heard. God drew the brave out of Rahab. He drew the brave out of Rahab. He showed her who she could be if she had the courage to change. If she had the courage to step up. If she had the faith to believe. And I'm telling you, it must grieve God to watch us sometimes. I thought about it this week. It must grieve God to watch us knowing who we really are. Knowing what we're capable of doing, and then seeing us cower and wallow in mediocrity. Seeing us just cower from the enemy and wallow in mediocrity, knocked down by other people's choices, by other people's voices. My gosh, people, pick a fight. Pick a fight with your past. Pick a fight with your fear. Pick a fight with your sin. Pick a fight with your habits. Take a, pick a fight with your addictions pick a fight with the injustices that you see in the world Pick a fight with yourself if you have to You know, what's funny. I've been criticized most of my life for stepping out sometimes too fast For 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 jumping into the fray if you will before I thought it all the way through For firing before I aimed But I thought to myself this week you've grown in a lot of those areas grip, but you know what? At least I was in the battle See, courage, courage doesn't always see what's around the corner or what's over the next hill and goes anyway. Courage can't always see what's going to be happening next or what might be over the hill, but it goes anyway. And I would rather, I would rather in my life learn from my mistakes than to live with my fears and regrets. I would rather make mistakes and learn from those mistakes than to live with fear and regret because, my friends, that is something you never want to do. So I'm asking you, why are you bowing down to the enemy? Why are you submitting to someone else's definition of who you should be? The Bible tells us who we are. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a person belonging to God, and so are you. That's who I am. And no matter what anybody else says, that's who I am. Why are you bowing a knee to the enemy or submitting to their definition of who you should be, what you should do? You've been limited long enough, some of you, seriously. Your courage has been, your courage has been caged long enough. It's time for you. It is time for you to step up. God wants you to take a chance. God wants you to risk. Invite that friend to church. I mean, how long are you going to think about it? Invite them to church. Fill up the seat next to you. Invite them. Lead that person to Jesus Christ. That person that's in your, at your job. The person sitting next to you. Lead them to Jesus Christ. Go on that missions trip that you've been talking about your whole life. Have that conversation that you're avoiding. Have it. Stand for God. Say yes to God and defy your fears. How big is your brave? We all have a choice. Here's the deal. To be who this world has assigned us to be, which just ticks me off even to say it. You have a choice to be who the world has assigned you to be or to be the person God has created you to be. The enemy has come along in many of your lives and you've gone through a past or something's happened in your life and they put a tag on you and it's almost worthless, worthless, worthless. And you, and you live with that. You live with that. Somehow you're never going to fulfill all that God has for you because something happened in your past. Rahab was a prostitute. And look how God used her. God can use us. God can use us. We have a choice to be what the world has assigned us to be or to be the person that God has created us to be. Break free from the mold and start living the adventure. My friends, I've said this before, but if your Christianity is boring, it is not because God is boring. It's because you're boring. Sorry, I love you, but you're boring. We're going to do so much damage over the next few years, you're not going to believe it. We're going to charge the mountain, in swords, making mistakes. But you know what? When we all are old, we grow old together, we'll look at each other and we'll say, yeah, we made a lot of mistakes along the way, but we were in the battle. We were in the battle. We did not shrink back. We did not, we did not shrink back from, from what God had for us. We did not shrink back. I want to say this to you, and I want some of you, some of you, God just has put this in my mind, and I, and I wrote this down for some, I don't know who. Stop running from the dark. Start running from your fear. Stop running from the dark. Turn around and let the dark be consumed by the light. Darkness has only one option when it is confronted with the light to be consumed. there's, no, there's not even a battle. If I made this building made this, this room completely dark and I turned all the lights off, and we were in pitch black. When I turn those lights on, there is no battle. The light comes in, the darkness must flee. Stop running from the dark. Turn around and let your light, the light of Jesus Christ, the power of his resurrection, the Holy Spirit that lives in you, let the light consume the darkness. God has a plan for your life. He has a specific purpose and plan for your life. He just wants to see you be brave and live it out. You know, some of you have been called by God. I'm all sweaty up here. I'm going to go ha ah, and get in my rag out here. Preaching. Um, some of you have been called by God to be missionaries both here at home and around the world. And uh I want to encourage you and here's what I'm going to do. I want to meet with God has been speaking to your hearts. And I want to meet with you this coming Wednesday at 6.15. If you feel that's what God has put on your heart, I want to meet with you here at 6.15 and talk about how you may be able to come on staff with maybe back-to-back ministries or self-sustaining enterprises. God is moving in your heart. God has started that, that, that spark and, and he's turning it into a fire. Sometimes the hardest step to take is the first one. And so we're going to sp- sit down with you and we're going to walk you through what it would take to get on staff, to, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you have this gnawing in your heart, this gnawing in your life. You don't know what it is. Some of you do know what it is. And so I want to ask you to have courage. I want to ask you to take a risk. I want to ask you to be more, maybe than you thought you were capable of becoming or being. And if you feel in your heart, that's what God is leading you to do. I want you to take that first step, not committing to anything. I just want to invest in you. I want the missionaries that are part of our church to invest in you. I want you to see what truly, what it could be like, what it would take to put yourself in a position where you can do maybe something that God's been calling you to do your whole life. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I know you want to see us be brave. Lord God, I know that you because of who you are and because of your son, Jesus Christ, and because your son lives in us and we have the power of the resurrection in our hands. God, life is really tough. The enemy is constantly pounding away at us, trying to keep us at bay, trying to keep us discouraged, overwhelmed, too busy to think about what you want for our lives, but we want to stop just for a moment now, Lord God, and ask you, how can we be brave? You want to see us be brave. How can we be brave? What is it that you're calling us to do? How can we live our lives with passion, with courage, with strength, even in the midst of weakness, with strength, and become the people that you have designed us to be, that you have purposed us to be. God, I pray with all of my heart that whatever is holding us back, and we would pick that fight. And we know, Lord God, with you by our side, with you living in us, this world has no chance. The enemy has no chance. Lord God, make us dangerous. Make us dangerous for you. And may this world see something different in each of our lives and be drawn to you and be drawn to this place, Lord God, where we can come alongside them and help them see who they truly are in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great, great week.